This is 680-CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we'll tell you about three noteworthy shows coming to your television next week, including what is maybe my favorite title of all time, Mary Kills People. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I went to see one of this year's Oscar contenders this week, Manchester by the Sea. I'll have a review. Plus... We'll tell you what's coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD this week. First, it's the news. From the couch. This is the tradition. Let's take your day. This is the family. This is the show that's become an obsession. Now a Critics' Choice nominee for Best Drama. (laughs) Your family's amazing. This is the celebration you don't want to miss. I want every Thanksgiving to be like this for the rest of my life. New This Is Us. NBC has renewed This Is Us, its new breakout hit, for two more seasons. I don't remember the last time I heard of a show being renewed for more than one season at a time. Maybe, I don't know if it's ever happened. I can't confirm that. Has it happened, Jeff? Do you know off the top of your head? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It usually gets two-year renewals. (laughs) Okay, all right. It's a little show, but it happens. (laughs) Okay. So in this case, not a surprise for This Is Us. It's a critical and commercial smash hit, averaging nearly 15 million viewers a week. And it is the number one news show of the season for the 18 to 49 demographic that advertisers covet. This is the biggest moment of your life. Watch me when I'm on my I can't fall for that person right now. I guess I'll lose the weight then. 36 years ago, you left me at the fire station. You see, I turned out pretty all right. I love you. Can I interest you in dessert? Yes. Yes. No. No. Yes. If you are not familiar with This Is Us, it's an ensemble drama that focuses on the surprising ways the lives of its characters intersect. It is smart, funny, and a consistent tearjerker for both sad reasons and reasons of joy. This Is Us was also the most anticipated new show of the season, with its trailer being viewed more than 105 million times. And it was my second favorite show of 2016, right behind Game of Thrones. So it's got the Couch Potatoes seal of approval. It airs Tuesday nights on NBC. I feel better than I've felt in months. A father's dream will come true. Something I've always wanted to do before I die. The first step towards a new life. How's camp? I'm not sure. Boyfriend? Brother. Good. A lesson in love. Picture the love of your life. Imagine you have one shot to win her back. And the completely unexpected. What if we had another kid? New This Is Us, next Tuesday on NBC. Speaking of NBC... It was a television phenomenon. Winning 16 Emmy Awards. Just shut up, just shut up, just shut up! Just get in the cab. And now, do we have an announcement for you? You! Just you! The announcement from the Peacock, they're bringing back Will and Grace. We talked about this back in October. In this day of the resurrected television show like Fuller House or Gilmore Girls or The X-Files or Prison Break, there was talk that Will and Grace might be coming back more than 10 years after the hit sitcom went off the air. That discussion was triggered by a scene that the cast filmed together last year, which went online in September. Deborah Messing, Eric McCormack, Megan Mullally, and Sean Hayes all back in character. Here's a clip from that. 
this just sucks. Can you believe this is the world we live in? No, it's criminal. How is it possible that Donald Trump is a nominee for president of the United States? Oh, not what I was reading. <laughs> Did you know that the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey had an ass double? This is what's upsetting you, that there's a butt double in Fifty Shades of Gay? The series debuted in 1998 and ran for eight seasons. This new limited run will be ten episodes and it will be on NBC. Fran and Angelina announced their divorce the same week my relationship ends? Selfish! My husband was driving the car, and yes, I dropped my cell phone on his side of the car, and I was looking for the cell phone. No, awful long time to look for the cell phone. You are so ridiculous. You are so juvenile. You I are don't know. exactly the kind of man I'm talking huh? about in this book. Me? Yes. You are a tiny little insecure infantile mind of about a 12-year-old. Yes, he has. And we can't wait for that mind to be back on full display. Larry David's HBO comedy Curb Your Enthusiasm will return this year, according to the network. And I'm sure he'll continue to make friends like he usually does. Smile. And mind your own business. How about that? Oh, he has a way with the ladies. That's right. You cheating, no good, bald-headed Come out! you, Larry David! Curb hasn't been on the air since 2011 when it aired its eighth season. David has always had a pretty, pretty, pretty good deal with HBO in that he can do a season whenever he wants. They don't pressure him, he doesn't have to beg, it just happens whenever he feels like it. And most everybody figured it was over as one year turned into two, then three and four. But last year he said he'd come back. They started filming in November, and while a concrete date has yet to be announced, HBO said this week, we will definitely see more Curbs Season 9 in 2017. Have a bite of the pie. You know, I'm just going to get this out of the way for you. I'm sorry. I'm just going to take it. No, no, no. Put the pie down. Put the pie down. No, don't. Here, take it. Take it. I don't want it. Don't pick up that pie. Put the pie down. I'm not taking a bite. I don't want a bite. Take this piece of pie and get it out of my face. Put the pie down. Don't put that pie down. All right. Look, I'll tell you what. I'll give you $50. Now, be reasonable. You cannot turn down $50 for a $6 rye. No. Watch me. Stop it. I want that ride, lady. Help! Someone help! Shut up, you old pig! Jerry Seinfeld won't have to steal bread anymore. Seinfeld and Netflix have made a huge deal involving several Seinfeld projects, just not the show Seinfeld. But his web series, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, will be moving to Netflix lock, stock, and barrel. Can we start with some coffee? Cheers. I'll have a coffee. Cheers. I'd like some coffee. I drink coffee before bed. I'm gonna have coffee. If I want that warm feeling. Picks you up while it calms you down. It's just impossible. Seinfeld will also do two stand-up comedy specials for Netflix and have a role in developing, well, whatever he wants to develop. Netflix did not say exactly what the deal was worth, but experts say Jerry stands to rake in upwards of $100 million in the deal. <laughs> yes, Jerry's a rich man. He was already obscenely wealthy. I read years ago he was taking in $100 million a year from Seinfeld reruns and syndication on cable TV. There's a new season of Comedians in Cars on the web right now. New episodes should debut on Netflix sometime this fall. But I, I just love to fly. I love going in the airport. Always feel safe in the airport. Thanks to the high-caliber individuals we have working at X-Ray Security. I, I always look in the TV set. I, I cannot make out one object. I don't know what this guy is doing. 
It's my own bags. I can't understand one thing. That I don't know. What was that? He's going, what is that? A hair dryer with a scope on it? That looks okay. Keep it moving. Some sort of bowling ball candle. That's fine. Just we don't want to hold up the line. Don't hold up the line. More news from the couch up next. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Time now for more news from the couch. I don't go looking for guilty people to represent. Your Honor, I'll never do it again. That's what you suit, remember? That's a loner. Okay, I need it back. I mean, who needs that aggravation, right? <laughs> we have an update on Better Call Saul. Last week we told you about the new teasers that AMC released which did not include a start date for Season 3. This week, they have confirmed that Season 3 of the Breaking Bad spinoff will finally begin on Monday, April 10th. The first two seasons each started in February, so that's a little bit later than normal. They also released a sneak peek for the upcoming season. Are you mad? I'm not mad. I'm just, uh... Thinking about things. For 10 minutes today, Chuck didn't hate me. I forgot what that felt like. Better Call Saul is about Jimmy McGill, a con man who tries to make an honest go at being a lawyer, but as we know from Breaking Bad, he eventually becomes Saul Goodman, who is not an honest lawyer, but he's a good one. It's an excellent show, and I am pumped for its return. Meanwhile, here's another note from AMC. They have finally set a start date for season two of their martial arts drama, Into the Badlands, and they released a new trailer. Maybe all I've known is killing, but I know that's not all there is. Only one thing keeps me alive. I'll find you. Both of you. I promise. Season one of Into the Badlands was on in November and December of 2015, so it's been a while. It's set in a dystopic future, focusing on the main character, Sonny, played by Daniel Wu. In the first season, he was a clipper, a hired gun of sorts, an assassin, soldier for one of the regional barons. He went on the run, and season two picks up with Sonny in a pretty bad spot. But he's got a new buddy, played by Nick Frost of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz fame. It's a pretty good team. Like thunder and lightning. More like ball and chain. The first season was a visual delight. A gorgeous show with a ballet of violence and blood. Season 2 of Into the Badlands promises more of that, and it begins March 19th on AMC. Welcome to the Badlands. Politics is war. I suggest we draw swords and kill them all. The party is just getting started. Then let the fun begin. Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. That was Michael Keaton as Batman back in 1989. Of course, he hasn't been the only Batman over the years. It started with Adam West back on the old TV series. I'm Batman. Then Keaton, then Val Kilmer. And Batman. 
There was George Clooney. I'm Batman. Christian Bale. I'm Batman. Lego Batman. I'm Batman. Kramer. I am Batman. And Ben Affleck, who never said, I'm Batman, in Batman and Superman versus Superman, which is kind of annoying. Anyway, so there's been a lot of Batmans over the years. Now we're seeing more spin-offs as well. The Fox show Gotham has been on for a couple of seasons, where Bruce Wayne is just a little kid. Now NBC is getting in on the fun with a new show. That's a very different take. It's called Powerless and stars Alan Tudyk as Bruce Wayne's cousin, Van Wayne. Dubs, baby! You keeping Gotham warm for me? Meet Van Wayne. I'm more of a big picture guy. Look at that picture. That picture's huge. When super battles turn super dangerous, he leads the team that protects us. It's our products are powerless. I thought we were here to change the world. It's a company motto. No, that came with the office. This used to be a diaper company. Powerless premieres February 2nd after Superstore on NBC. You've seen Tudyk in tons of stuff over the years. My favorite was when he played Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball. It was most recently the snarky robot in the Star Wars movie Rogue One. Where are you taking these prisoners? He is taking us to quiet. And there's a fresh one if you mouth off again. So in Powerless, he runs a company which makes products intended to save civilians when superheroes and villains are fighting. Like when Superman destroys a building and you're standing right underneath it, it'd be good to have one of Wayne Security's umbrellas that can withstand brick and mortar falling on it. Vanessa Hudgens is really the main character by the looks of it as one of the company employees. The show also stars Danny Pudi from Community, Ron Funches, and Christina Kirk. It's a comedy action type show and debuts on NBC February 2nd. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. That is the news from the couch. Up next, we'll have a quick look at what is coming to home video this week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Something's coming. Maybe it's Moriarty. Maybe it's not. Something's coming. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes, having a look at what is coming to home video this upcoming week. Jeff, what's that? Sherlock Series 4, which uh, just ended last weekend, is that right? Yep. On PBS. I've only watched the first two. I haven't watched the third one yet. So okay. I'm trying to space it out. As though waiting an extra week will make a difference in the <laughs> two years they always seem to have between seasons. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny how there's so much hype and anticipation, and then it's it's over really in a two week stretch. Yeah, it's fourteen days. Yeah, so uh, three episodes for Sherlock, but they are all ninety minute episodes, so it's like three Sherlock movies. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And the the the, the finale Fantastic. was very good. It was quite good, and I. They awful. haven't confirmed, but I believe it's going to be the series finale. Oh, they haven't said for sure, but it, it'll stand up. I guess their season finales always, usually could stand as series finales. That's true. So that That's, second episode is really good. I just watched that one a few days ago. Yeah, it was excellent. It's, it's been a much better, I think, I, I think series, season three was kind of disappointing. So this has been nice because yeah. it's a real return to form from Agreed. its first season. There we go. And uh, Inferno, the Tom Hanks movie where he plays famed symbologist Robert Langdon. Famed symbologist. Famed symbologist Robert Langdon. That thing bombed at the box office. Yes. Whereas the original one, the first one, The Da Vinci Code, was a smash hit. Yeah. uh, I guess no one... Maybe he's not such a famed symbologist no. anymore. Now he's a mediocre symbologist. And that's pretty much all that's out this yeah. week. There's and nothing else worth mentioning. There's one thing on Digital HD, uh, the animated Trolls. Oh. That's it. Pardon me. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And uh, up next, we're going to 
provide you with a review of Manchester by the Sea in case you're thinking about potential Oscar movies. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. The Oscar nominations come out on Tuesday, and this week I went to see a film that will almost certainly get a few nods. It's called Manchester by the Sea. I don't understand. Which part are you having trouble with? Well, I can't be his guardian. Well, your brother provided for your nephew's upkeep. I think the idea was that you would relocate. Relocate to where? Well, if you yeah. look, it was my impression that you'd spent a lot of time here. I swear. I'm just a backup. Lee, nobody can appreciate what you've been through. And if you really feel you can't take this on, you know, that's your right. You don't want to be my guardian? That's fine with me. Not that. It's just the logistics. All my friends are here. I got two girlfriends and I'm in a band. You're a Janet and Quincy. What the hell do you care where you live? Manchester by the Sea stars Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler, Lucas Hedges, Gretchen Maul, and Matthew Broderick. It's written and directed by Kenneth Logarin. Affleck plays Lee Chandler. He's a guy who's been through a terrible tragedy and is now going through another. He's a handyman in an apartment complex in Boston. It's a garbage job that pays very little. He lives in a single-room basement suite, spends his time fixing faucets, shoveling the walk, and generally taking a lot of crap from the tenants, but he grins and bears it while he doesn't really grin, but he takes it more than you or I would. He looks catatonic. Whatever happened to him in the past has knocked all the life out of him. Only occasionally, it seems, does he show any sign of life, and that usually involves him getting drunk at a bar and picking a fight with a stranger. It's one of those fight club moments where he needs someone to hit him to remind him he's still alive. Then his brother dies, and Kyle Chandler, who's Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights and currently on the Netflix series Bloodline, plays a brother. He had congenital heart failure, so the death was not a total surprise, but the contents of the will are, he's named Affleck the guardian to his teenage son. The guardianship isn't even really the problem, it's that the kid lives in Lee's old hometown, Manchester, Massachusetts. It's a couple of hours drive away from Boston. It's no place Lee has any interest in staying in. It's the town he left after the terrible events of his past. We don't learn what that was for a while. And the townspeople look down on him, some despise him, they all gossip about him, but I don't even think it's the people that bother him, it's the sheer weight of what has happened to him and when we finally eventually find out what that is yeah yikes you can understand where he's coming from it has pushed him into this hollow man state where he's basically just a whisper of a human but now he has to plan a funeral for his brother which he goes through the motions of looking lost every step of the way and now he's got the teenage nephew to look after he's actually you know a pretty good guardian and the teen Patrick played by Lucas Hedges is a pretty good kid given that he's just lost his dad the mom has left the picture years earlier but Patrick wants to stay in Manchester. Lee wants out of that town again. They fight about that. They also fight about the Deb Brothers fishing boat and what to do with it. And then Lee also runs into Michelle Williams. That's his ex-wife. I won't say much about her because I don't want to reveal too much about the backstory they have. She's been getting rave reviews, though. She'll likely get an Oscar nomination, which would be her fourth. And uh, I think she's only in the book, like three scenes in this movie. She's not in it a whole lot. Affleck is a real revelation. We already knew Michelle Williams was a great actress. The Casey Affleck on display here bears little resemblance to that guy we first laid eyes on in Goodwill Hunting 20 years ago. Remember when he was a 
comic relief in that movie. The movie's really a character study about this guy. Affleck gives a quiet, subdued performance that is no less powerful for its stillness. Just the way he hangs his head or in the corners of his mouth, say, everything you really need to know about this poor guy who's, like I said, basically given up on life. He won the Golden Globe a couple of weeks ago. He's got to be one of the frontrunners for the Oscar. The whole movie should be up for Oscars as well, I would say. Besides the fact that it's an interesting story, it unfolds masterfully. There are a lot of flashbacks that pop up. The way they're cut into the story is not the usual way these things are presented. They're often shown sort of as Affleck's memories that come jarring in the middle of another scene kind of deal. And for a story about a guy who's, you know, lost on life and has to take care of this kid, the movie sidesteps the cliches and pitfalls that you would think come with this kind of story. I mean, there is definitely a treacly, over-sentimental Hollywood version of this movie that could be made with the story, but this is not it. This is much more honest and realistic and more genuinely heartbreaking. And even though it sounds like a bummer, Brad, it doesn't really play that heavy all the way through. Frankly, I was sort of expecting to be sad the whole time, but it wasn't. Don't get me wrong, I bawled my eyes out once or twice, but otherwise I was just engaged and interested, which is what you want from a good film. I can't recommend it enough. Four and a half couch cushions out of five for Manchester by the Sea. Up next, we will tell you about three television shows coming your way this week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. want to tell you about some television shows coming your way this week, and there's something weird happening on Wednesday. There are two six-part limited series events debuting, and both of them are Canadian. The first one is on Global. It's called Mary Kills People. I believe we should be in control of our life. I, Troy Dixon. And our death. Choose to take my life. I started providing service. I'm sorry, what? I kill people. Wednesdays on Global. So the cops are investigating you and your partner for murder. Assisted suicide. A six-part television event. Dr. Harris helped your son die. We will prove it. Killer or savior. We're supposed to be ending suffering, not creating it. Mary Kills People. Series premiere Wednesday at 8 on Global. Here's a synopsis. Dr. Mary Harris kills people for a living. An overworked single mother and ER doctor, Mary also moonlights as an underground angel of death, working outside the law to perform illegal assisted deaths for patients who want to die on their own terms. So far, Mary has managed to stay under the radar, but business is booming and her double life is getting complicated. Mary Kills People is an emotional, character-driven one-hour drama full of adrenaline and surprises. Set in the morally great world of assisted death, the series follows Mary's exploits as she balances the needs of her family and her day job with helping terminal patients end their lives on their terms while eluding the police who are determined to bring her down. It stars Montreal native Caroline Davernas, who was wonderful as Dr. Alana Bloom in the dearly departed NBC show Hannibal. And if you want to see a sneak peek of the show, you can go to globaltv.com for a five-minute look. Jeff, what do you think of the title? Best title ever. I love it, too. It's a winner, man. I, it's so Someone described it, one of our colleagues described it as grabby. I don't know that I've ever Fine. heard. Fine. That's what a title's supposed to be. <laughs> well, yeah, but this this is really grabby. Yeah. It's extra grabby. Well, like, here's a perfect example. Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. Not really grabby. Nope. 
but all you need is kill the, the original title, the work that it's based upon. And now it's they don't even call it Edge of Tomorrow anymore. Live, die, repeat. Yeah, Edge so of Tomorrow. Crazy. So we'll have. I'm curious what they'll what name they'll go with with the sequel for that movie. Anyway, we digress. Mary kills people. That's Edge on of Wednesday. next week. <laughs> Edge of day after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the second Canadian six-part limited series debuting on Wednesday is from CTV. It's called Cardinal. They found a body. It's not my department anymore. They think it might be her. I'm glad to be working on this with you. He stalked her. He picked his moment and he struck. And who does that? A repeater. It's adapted from Giles Blunt's John Cardinal Mysteries series. It's about a detective on a hunt for a killer in a small town in northern Ontario. He is demoted because he had a hunch about a case that he would not let go, but is brought back to the homicide unit when the body of a missing 13-year-old girl turns up, proving he was right. But he has to keep an eye on his new partner, Detective Lise Delorme, who might have her own agenda. Luckily, these shows are not airing in the same time slot. Mary Kills People airs at 8 p.m., Cardinal at 9. And the third show I want to tell you about for this upcoming week, Season 2 of one of my top 10 from 2016, The Magicians. We always thought that if magic was real, it would solve all our problems. Well, magic is very real, but in the end, it just makes everything worse. Welcome back, loser. The Magicians is based on the best-selling novels from Lev Grossman, hails from the Sci-Fi Network in the U.S. and airs in Canada on Showcase. It follows Quentin Coldwater and his... Young, attractive, 20-something friends who discover they have magical abilities and get to hone them at Breakbills University, which is a secret grad school specializing in magic. While there, they learn that the fantasies they read about as kids are all too real and unknowingly invite an evil entity from the other side into their lives. Sounds like it could be a show for kids, but it is definitely not for children. It is quite dark and violent at times, but it's also quite funny at times. We'll figure it out. We always do. When it's a final to cheat on, not when we're stuck in some epic fantasy that likes to be head its heroes halfway through season one. If we even are heroes, we might be comic relief. Nice Game of Thrones nod there. In season two, Quentin and his friends have been thrust into even more dangerous and unfamiliar territory, and they must draw upon their novice skills to defeat a threat that could destroy the magical world itself. What if we survive this? Ned Stark. People are gonna die no matter what. Just try to make sure that it isn't you. Oh, this is going to be fun. Season 2 of The Magicians, by the way, starts Thursday on Showcase. I believe it airs Wednesday on Sci-Fi, but Thursday on Showcase. Looking forward to that. And up next, we want to take a minute to tell you about the newest trailer for Logan. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. 
Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and a second trailer for the upcoming Wolverine movie, Logan, came out this week, showing Hugh Jackman's Wolverine trying to take care of a little girl who's also a Wolverine. We got ourselves an X-Men fan. Maybe a quarter of it happened, and not like this. In the real world, people die. Logan. I don't want to talk about it. Logan. Just stop. Be careful. I need the girl. What girl? Go get her. No. 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 The little kid just slaughtered a bunch of bad guys. Patrick Stewart is back as an old and frail Professor X. The bad guy here, Boyd Holbrook, who we know as the main DEA agent on the series Narcos. And of course, there's the kid Maria, played by Doris Morgado. She's a badass with a set of Wolverine claws that she uses to slice and dice the baddies. There's a Red Band version of the trailer. The movie is rated R, a first for an X-Men movie, coming on the heels of last year's Deadpool, which I guess was also technically an X-Men movie. The Red Band version has has a couple of F-bombs, one from Wolverine, which we've heard before in X-Men First Class, and one from Patrick Stewart, which was a little more surprising. Logan comes out March 3rd. She's like you. Very much like you. I am not whatever it is you think I am. She needs our help. Someone will come along. Someone has come along. This is what life looks like. People who love each other. A home. You should take a moment. Feel it. Still have time. So I think that this movie looks like it could be a superhero movie for people who aren't into superhero movies. Is that safe to say? Uh, that's, that's what they're sort of. That's what they're trying to market it as. It looks like like more of Don't a serious know. drama. I'd be very upset if. A we go and watch it and it's just another X-Men movie. Yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, because I, I sort of like the idea that it's R-rated for one because, well, Wolverine is a violent character and they've always had to kind of tone that down yeah. for the movies to make it they far sh- more kid-friendly. They kid show friendly. him jump and you hear the sound effect, but you don't see the damage. Yeah, so in this, it's just no holds barred, Wolverine and this crazy kid. But uh, I also just seeing from the trailer, it looks like they're actually they're really pushing to try to make this more of a serious drama. Yeah, that just happens to have a superhero in it, so that's cool. And just very quickly, while we have a minute left here, there was another big trailer that debuted this week: the Power Rangers. How do you expect us to stop her? It's morphin' time. I didn't watch the Power Rangers a whole lot because that was kind of on the edge of where I was yeah. too old to watch that. But I caught the occasional episode of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and, and I'm, he says I'm excited it's mor- for the fans. It's morphin' time. He just means it's morphing time. Yes. Is that what the morphin and morphing? 
Shouldn't it have a G at the end or an apostrophe? <laughs> what did you think? It they makes meant, no sense. Do you think they meant morphine? Like I didn't know. What the, I no. I thought morphine was just I don't know something unique to this world, specific to this show <laughs> that I just didn't understand because I never watched it. I didn't know it was just a really bad slang way of saying morphing. <laughs> so that's just it. That that, yeah, that just, they morph. They morph the, into the Power Rangers. Yeah, I knew that they did that. I just didn't. I thought I thought they morphed into the Morphin Power Rangers, <laughs> like they were from Planet Morphin or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's just bad grammar. That's a bad uh, title, spelling or something. You I can't, should, I can't remember when Power Rangers that. comes out, but it's coming in March. I think that's all the time we have. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting above the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB.